stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm going solo for the first episode of the podcast of 2023. I always like this time of the year because the calendar rolls over, we can get a fresh start, and I like, you know, thinking about what's happening with the stock market, with my portfolio. But this year, stocks have resumed their sell-off, apparently, from 2022, especially the growth stocks. So much for that Santa Claus rally, because when I'm recording this on January 3rd, 2023, we're still in the Santa Claus rally time period. We have one more day, but it's been a bust this year. And we now know 2022 was one of the worst years for stocks since 2008. It was the worst year. The S&P 500 was down 18%. We won't even get into what the NASDAQ was down. We'll just avoid that one. But as I said, the calendar has turned and now is the time to have a new investing plan for the new year. Start fresh. So ask yourself, what is your plan? After we had that down year, two negative years in a row is fairly rare. There's been a lot of talk about this on Twitter, a lot of uh, the chart guys tweeting out uh, all the history of the S&P 500, what has happened with it. The last time we had two years negative in a row was during the dot-com bust years. 2000 was down, 2001 was down, but we actually had the first time ever three years in a row because 2002 was also in the red. It's kind of hard to think back now. I did I did live through it. Many of us who are older, we were investing during that time period. And I used to send out stock market updates to some of my friends during that time period. It's kind of when I began writing newsletters, actually, was during that time period, because we were kind of all in it together as the dot-com stocks and the tech titans, as they were called, which were Microsoft, Intel, Cisco, and Dell those stocks just grinded lower, seemingly endlessly. And I used to send stock market updates to those friends saying, you know, Intel was down again. I can't believe it's still going lower. And that was in like the second or third year of that downward cycle. So while everybody is tweeting out and talking about how it's rare to get two down years in a row, it can happen, especially after big speculative um, events like the dot-com bubble. And then we did take a while to ring out the bust. But this time we've seen quite a severe sell-off in the first year of the uh, recalibration, so to speak, of the growth stocks. And so a lot of the speculation is already getting uh, wrung out of this uh, market. And that's kind of what I want to see. I'd rather get to the bottom faster than kind of that long, slow grind that we had in 2000 to 2002. So that doesn't mean we have bottomed or that October was the lows. It could mean we still have some more pain to come here in 2023 before finally bottoming out. But that remains to be seen. So what if those two down years do happen again? Do you have a plan for that if we 
do do 2000 and 2001 again? Should you abandon growth and go to value? That's a question you have to ask. Last year, I lightened up on my Fangman stocks. I had big gains in numerous of them because I had owned for quite some time. And I did take some of the profit off the table and redeployed into value stocks that I thought would do well over the next several years. So my plan is that value stocks are in a bull market. So I'm adjusting my portfolio to reflect that. I didn't sell completely out of all my Fangman stocks, except for one, which was Meta Platforms, ticker FB. And that was simply because, as many of you know who've listened to my podcast over the last couple of years, I just didn't believe in the metaverse anymore, um, if I ever did. And I bought Facebook for Facebook, but really for Instagram. And the company's moving away from its flagship products and spending a lot of money to do so. So I just didn't understand what their strategy was. And if you don't understand the strategy and you don't like the direction a company is going, you shouldn't own it. So I sold all of my meta last year, but um, I sold only partials of some of my other Fangmen stocks. Um, and I'm still still in all of those. So um what else did I do? I did buy value, as I said, but I also rotated into dividend paying stocks because if there's going to be a lot of red out there, at least I like getting paid for my patients and getting those small dividend checks or not so small in certain cases, as the case may be, are a lot of fun when everything else seemingly you know, is just going down the tubes there. So what companies have the good fundamentals? the high Zacks rank, pay attractive dividends, maybe to look at for 2023. I ran a Zach screen on this. We have these preferred screens on Zacks.com and it was called growth dividends and the Zacks rank. Well, I like that, right? That sounds fun. <laughs> and what does the Zacks rank mean? That's the rank of number ones to number threes. That's the top of the ranks. So number ones are the premier strong buys. There's only about 215 to 220 of those at any given day. It does change daily, so you have to keep running your screens. But that indicates probably some pretty good things are going on at the company, at least rising earnings estimates. Uh, the analysts are raising their estimates on that company for some reason. That's a, a little rare right now as most estimates are being cut heading into 2023 and the economic slowdown that we're all anticipating is going to be happening. So number ones are pretty valuable here in 2023. Number twos are the buys. Similar things are going on with them. You should see some analysts also raising estimates on the number twos. They were probably just number ones, but they're a little bit older in where the analysts are raising the estimates maybe a couple of weeks ago. So they've moved down to number twos. There's still not that many of them usually combining with the number ones. It's around 800 stocks. So a little bit more bigger universe. And then there's the number threes, which is the largest group of the Zacks rank stocks. It's 80% of all, this, all the stocks and it's just holds. And there's nothing wrong with holds. A lot of uh, Stocks that were ones and twos will eventually fall down to the threes as new estimates are raised on other companies and those get the higher ranks. It's always fluid, it can change daily, as I said. So in this group, I ran this screen 
it had the dividend requirement in there too, this growthiness requirement, and it gave me 49 stocks. But that sounds real good, right? You're like, wow, that's pretty good. But out of the 49, most were the number three holds. So there were only four Zach's number one strong buys, and there were seven number twos. So out of 49. So you can see most were number threes, but we still had a sprinkling of the other ones in there. So what was in this list? There were a lot of REITs, which is a real estate investment trust. So you're going to own real estate, and that has a little bit different tax uh, requirements with REITs. So check with your tax advisor. That's what I always say. Uh, do the Google on the on the REITs and what it means for your taxes because it's a little different than a corporate uh, dividend payment out in terms of tax. Uh, you know, issues. A lot of people like to own REITs in their like IRAs because it gets a little bit different tax, uh, you know, situation in an IRA versus a regular trading account. So keep that in mind. Check it out if you're looking at any of these REITs. And remember, the REITs in any of the real estate companies had a real hard hit when the pandemic hit. Uh, nearly all of them stopped paying their dividend. They have to pay out 80% of their income, but they didn't have any income. When the pandemic hit, that would include things like hotels, um, even like apartments got hit as people like fled big city apartments. Uh, so these companies were hammered good. They have rebounded off those lows, and many of them have resumed dividend payments. Obviously, the ones that made this list have resumed the dividends because the income, their earnings have returned. So let's take a look at a couple of the stocks. Um, I did kind of a mix of a few of the REITs, which I thought were kind of interesting, ones I'm familiar with. So I was uh, intrigued to see them show up on this list again because I might have owned them in one of my Zacks portfolios over the years, uh, either the insider trader or the value investor. And then a couple others, I wanted to get at least one Zacks number one rank on there. I picked out a Zacks number uh, two, and then I picked out one that's just really popular with uh, income investors in general, and many people just own it in their portfolios, but it showed up on this list. So let's dive right in. So the first uh, example company I'm going to give you is one of the REITs. So the first two are going to be REITs. So the first one is Apple Hospitality REIT. It's the other Apple, ticker A-P-L-E. So don't get it confused with A-A-P-L, but a lot of people do, but it's A-P-L-E, Apple Hospitality they're not giving up that ticker, right? They never will. They are upscale hotels in the US. You could gather that from hospitality, right? They own 222 or 220 hotels in 37 states and 87 markets. 96 are Marriott's, 119 Hilton's, four Hyatt's, and one independent. I like the travel industry right now because we're still doing it, but hotels airlines, cruises could all get hit if there actually is a recession. It is something that has been hit in prior recessions because 
you can do the staycation, right? You can decide, eh, I'm really not going to pay that high airfare or hotel rate or Airbnb, whatever, Verbo, whatever is where you want to go. And we're just going to stay home because things are a little shaky right now. So keep that in mind. Um, one year, these shares are down 4.1%. Over the last month, they're down 8.2% in this kind of mini sell-off we're seeing here at the end of 2022, starting 2023. Now, they pay a regular monthly cash distribution of $0.08. Cents, and then at the end of December, they paid a special dividend of another $0.08 cents for a total of $0.16. Cents. You did have to be a shareholder as of December 30th, 2022. 22. So we've missed that. But it's about a 6% yield. So pretty nice yield here, PE of 10.2 and a peg of 0.4. What is happening with those earnings? Earnings expected to be up 65% in 2022, coming off those lows of 2021 when everybody was not really returning to travel yet, but now they are. So that wasn't a surprise to see 65% for 2022. But 2023 still expected to grow at another 11% here to $1.72 from $1.54. So that's uh, key. Will that hold? We don't know. It all depends on what happens with the economy, right? So keep that in mind. Another thing, as I always warn you when I'm doing these dividend-type podcasts, is to make sure whatever they're paying out, you know, they can afford to pay out. <laughs> Look at their earnings. Are, is the dividend higher than the earnings? That's always a warning sign to me, and I don't want to own a company like that. But REITs expect to pay out 80%. So definitely go look at it. This one is fine. Um, that's why they paid the special, though, because they were kind of underpaying there, it appeared, towards the end of the year. Things were better than they anticipated. So that's Apple Hospitality, A-P-L-E. The second REIT, is in the shopping malls. And I know what you're thinking, but those are dead, but not the high quality type of retail centers like the town centers. We all know, depending on where we are in the United States, some of these, a lot of times they'll have like a hotel attached. Now they're building apartments with these malls, you know, They've gotten rid of the big department store. This is happening here in the Chicagoland area. And they're building an apartment building attached to the shopping center with like parks, um, you know, a food kind of uh, center or a food hall. They're putting in like uh, outdoor uh, food markets and things that are kind of like a little mini city. That's why they call them town centers. Sometimes they've been putting in offices depending on location, but that's a little iffier, dicier now with work from home. And then experiences, including like big fitness centers, movie theaters, um, golfing facilities, uh, you know, things like go karting or bowling alleys, like up upscale like kind of experiences. <laughs> and we know some of these. So Country Club Plaza in Kansas City. That's a beautiful little uh, mall area. They own that. Fashion Outlets of Chicago, which is in Rosemont, just outside of Chicago. Santa Monica Place in Santa Monica. The Washington Square in Portland, Oregon. And the one I know, because I lived in Washington, D.C. and the Virginia suburbs, Tyson's Corner, 
which they are actually adding on to and doing some redevelopment there. So they own 44 regional town centers, Masaryk, ticker MAC, and they um, are in near these big metro areas. So what's the stock doing? One year, it's down 35%. So it really rallied off those pandemic lows, but then everybody got a little bearish on it again last year. If you're going to have a recession, is everybody going to the mall? Can they you know, keep their vacancies low? Um, you know, are people going to build the apartments, the hotels? Can they get financing for all of this? Rates are rising, all of this stuff. So one year down 35% uh, over the last month, down 10.4. It's gotten a lot cheaper as a result. PE is at 5.8. The PEG is at 1.7. What's happening with those earnings? So expected to decline slightly. So in 2022, it uh, declined 4.4%. 2023 expected to decline 3.5. That's not too terrible, though. They made $1.94 in 2022, expected to make 187 in 2023. The dividend is yielding about 6%, and that translates as $0.68 cents a share. So it is number three um, hold. So was Apple hospitality. Both of those are number three holds. Okay, moving away from the REITs, we're going to look at the number one that I just picked. There was only four of those. And this is one I'd not heard of before. And I was actually kind of disappointed when I found out what it was. <laughs> I thought it might be energy because of the name, but it's not. It's Nexta, Nexa, N-E-X-A, Resources. And the ticker is N-E-X-A. They're a small cap, 776 million. They're in mining. So not energy, the mining sector, which I know a lot of you are like, no, I don't want to own a miner. I get it. I don't own any either. Um, but like a flat out miners, this one is owned by a Brazilian holding company, but it's based in Luxembourg. So it has some Luxembourg tax issues it, it has to deal with. But they mine in zinc and they have eight operations, including five mines in Brazil and Peru, and they account for 4% of the global zinc production. They also do a little bit of copper, lead, silver, and gold on the side, but it's really all about zinc. They do have that SACS number one rank because earnings expected to be up 23% in 2022 and another 32% in 2023. So that's, you know, pretty nice growth considering everyone else is expected to go the other way. <laughs> so 2022 expected to make a dollar six, 2023 a dollar forty, and one estimate is higher in the last thirty days. So I don't follow the zinc market, but something must be going on there to make the earnings rise like this. That zinc prices must be, um, you know, on the rise. PE 5.7, PEG of 2.3, and what's the dividend? It's yielding 5.4%. That's pretty juicy because over the last year, the shares are down 23.3%, and over the last month, however, up 62 So it's got that 5.4% yield, and that is $0.33 cents a share. Now, it does appear that they only pay out once a year. They're not a quarterly payer. So they announced the dividend last year in February 2022, and that's the 33 cents. They also 
paid a special cash dividend of four cents. So we'll have to wait and see what they announce for this year because it's got to be variable based on you know what how much money they made the prior year and then they pay it out. So keep that in mind with this one that you're going to get just that one payment and you're not going to get it monthly or quarterly. So that's Nexa Resources, N-E-X-A. And then I'm going to switch it over to the name that many of you own. Many income investors have bought it for many years and years to get this dividend. And it made the list too, though. AT&T, ticker T. It's a Zach's number three hold. Over the last month, the shares are down 2.5%. Over the last year, however, they're down just 0.2%. And that uh, is well outperforming the S&P 500, especially when you add in the dividend, which is yielding about 6% right now. So what's happening with those earnings? 2022 expected to be down 23%. But 2023 expected to be down just 2.6%, although one estimate is down in the last 30 days for 2023. So what does that look like? 261 in 2022, down to 255 in 2023. That's kind of what you would expect um, from some of these big just income producers. People are buying it just to get that dividend. And that dividend, while yielding 6%, is paying out $1.11. So keep that in mind, as I always say. PE is just 7, and it has a peg of 2.1. So AT&T, you know, shares haven't done much in the last year, but they also haven't, you know, crashed down like a lot of other stocks. And you're still getting that dividend, which is why people buy AT&T, really to get the income. So AT&T, ticker T. And then I am switching to energy because there were several limited partnerships on the list. And what those are is another tax uh, situation that you should talk to your tax advisor about because it does have different tax implications when you invest in partnerships versus the corporation versus the REIT. And this company is Magellan Midstream, ticker M as in Mary, M as in Mary P, MMP. And what do they do? They transport, store, and distribute petroleum products. Well, that seems simple, right? They have the pipelines. So uh, Magellan has 9,800 miles of Uh, refined products pipelines with 54 connected terminals and two marine storage facilities. And then it has 2,200 miles of crude oil pipelines and storage facilities with aggregate storage capacity of 39 million barrels. This is a key part of the U.S. energy industry. How do you get the product to everyone who needs it? This is what they do. So they have always these uh, pipelines, these midstream type companies pay out big dividends. And right now, Magellan is yielding 8.3%. That is $4.19 a share. And what do the earnings look like? For 2022, we're up 5.2% to 505. 
They are expected to be down slightly in 2023, but just 3.1% to $4.90. But two estimates are up in the last 60 days on that one. So it's got a better Zach's rank as a result of the two estimates being up, and it is a number two buy stock. Um, so again, 419, but expected to make four dollars and ninety cents in 2023. So at least they're not above what they're expected to earn. That's always a good thing, right? Right. PE of just 9.9, a peg of 178. And what has the stock done? So for the last year, these shares are actually up 8.1, but that's as the energy industry and the energy complex was all, you know, raging in a rally last year. So even the pipelines joined in, but many times the pipelines don't really see much appreciation, but that was a very nice year for Magellan over the last year. Over the last month, it's down 5%, so it will move in tandem with the energy uh, complex, as I said, and energy's been a little weaker heading into the end of 2022. People are worried about global recessions, what that means for energy prices, and yes, that does hit the midstream companies. So that's Magellan Midstream if you're looking for that bigger dividend yield, but remember it has tax implications that are different than owning a regular stock, but ticker MMP with a dividend of 8.3%. And that's uh, some of the names on that list of 49. A lot of the other ones are all paying over 5% yields. So a big list of very nice dividend payers here with some good Zach's rankiness and fundamentals, but you're going to have to dig around. You're going to have to look around and remember to have a plan. It doesn't have to be these dividend stock plans. You might have heard all these and been like, no, Tracy, you're crazy. I'm not buying any of those. And that's okay. But you'll feel more in control of the stock market and your investments if you have some kind of plan. And I really recommend that. I know I've had Kevin Cook on the podcast many times. We've talked about this. And now that we're coming off a down year, it's more important than ever to regain that control or the lack of control that you might have felt in 2022. Uh, start off the year thinking about where do you want to be? What are your goals? And what kind of plan do you have for your investments to reach those goals? And so even if we do see a second year in the down market, perhaps you'll find somewhere else that's in a bull or where you can hide out in and um, you know stay the course, so to speak, in being a long-term investor instead of just reacting to everything that's happening out there on Wall Street. So let me recap the stock tickers I talked about. So I did mention some of the Fangmans or at least uh, Meta Platforms, which I sold in my own personal portfolio last year, but that is ticker Meta M E. No, if they don't have Meta, do they have Meta? I wanted to say it was Meta still. Are they still trying to get the Meta? I'm looking. Um, oh, it is Meta now. So they do have the Meta ticker now, M-E-T-A. Why did I forget that? They had Facebook for a while, but now it is Meta, M-E-T-A. And then the rest of the dividend payers, we had Apple Hospitality, which is different than Apple, the tech company. A-P-L-E is the ticker for the, the hotel company. We had Masaryk, which owns the upscale town center type malls, ticker M-A-C, 
We had Nexa Resources, the zinc miner. That's an unusual one. I've never mentioned it before on the show. N-E-X-A is the ticker there. We also had AT&T. We have mentioned that one on the show before. An oldie but goodie, still yielding 6% with just the ticker T. T is in Tom. And then we finish it up with one of the energies in the midstream, Magellan, ticker MMP. And as always, now that we've started the new year, you want to be sure you're getting all of our episodes. Who knows what's going to be happening? And I am going to have some interesting guests on talking about a lot of the topics that are a concern this year as we move forward. So you don't want to miss a single episode. Please join us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. And we're on SoundCloud. And just about anywhere you can get podcasts. But get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.